Welcome back to Prime Your Midlife. Bit of a novel one today on the basis that we've actually got four people in the studio talking about diabetes and lifestyle changes. And most importantly, lifestyle changes that came from making natural choices without medication that led to great impacts. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Prime Your Midlife. And today I am amongst friends and we're here today to talk about lifestyle changes that you could make based on the stories of these three people. They're all in one of my networking groups. And in a recent talk, they kind of put their hand up to say, by the way, Chris, I have done something and I've got some results. And I thought it'd be really useful to bring them together to talk about that in a real way. And one of the things we're talking about mainly is lifestyle changes that can reverse or make changes. And to give you some facts, this is a diabetes curve that has been put together by the Daily Mail based on projections of number of British people that will be diagnosed with diabetes in the future. And it's sitting at 5 million people will be either diabetes one or diabetes two. And, you know, just look at that curve in terms of the fact it's just going up and up. And this is the real context of what we're trying to talk about today is that something is happening around lifestyle choices or the choices that we're given that's making us more susceptible to diabetes. And the long-term impact of diabetes in the future, as Cara might allude to, can be loss of circulation. It can be amputation in the worst situations of limbs. It can be loss of sight and other things. So it's not something to take lightly. And I also wanna make sure that we all understand that I am not a doctor. And if you are in any state of diabetes or others, you should please make sure that you visit a GP for the correct advice. But this is just a different opinion. When I looked on the NHS website yesterday about diabetes, it talks about how you can treat it. And there were two lines, literally only two lines around the fact that you could implement lifestyle changes to reverse your diabetes. And then literally pages of medicative implementation, medicines that you could treat your diabetes with. And yet just two lines and no recommendations to what those lifestyle changes could be. And this is what I'm trying to get to, is that often we treat the problem as opposed to digging into the cause. And we need to be more intentional about cause, which then we can hopefully tackle. With me today, I'll do ladies first. We've got Carol from APS Legal. She's amazing at will writing and protecting you with all aspects of your future. I've got Rob, who's a graphic designer. You can see how amazing he looks if you're on screen, but he brings images and brands to life. And I've got Stephen, who helps us go on an amazing holiday because he's a booker of amazing dreams that come true. Uh, and if you want to connect with either of those per, per, uh, people, then details will be in the show notes when it comes to being released. 
First of all, I just want to go to Carol first, and we'll just whiz around the screens. Quickly, Carol, could you just tell us what brought you here in terms of a diagnosis or how you find yourself facing into life right now? Well, I was told I was diabetic uh, due to blood pressure tests. Uh, and so that was where I, I was told it was serious. And that's how I started. And you've also got some family history associated with that diagnosis as well. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, my sister went partially blind uh, at 60. And one of the side effects of diabetes is you can go blind amongst other things. So I was on a higher risk if I didn't do something about it. All right. And Rob, what about yourself in terms of your own journey as to why you might be wanting to be sharing your story today? Um, yeah, so mine was an uh, accident, really, that I found out. Um, I did a fingertip test um, through sad circumstances um so yeah I, I, and i found out that i was pre-diabetic um then i was having blood tests covid happened blood stop test stopped basically um and then basically last year i thought i'll best get checked out again and luckily i did because i was diabetic i tipped over into the diabetic range um so yeah that's that's pretty much okay. how it came about and Steve, you're not diabetic diagnosed, but again, you're here to talk about how you you maybe felt about something in life that wanted you to make some changes. Could you just explain how you thought about something? Yes. Hi, Chris. Um, I was diagnosed with um, high blood pressure and uh, high cholesterol. Um, and I've got a family history of heart disease. Uh, both of my late parents suffered with heart disease. Um, and my mother particularly had uh, extremely high cholesterol. Um, so I was urged to get that checked out. Mine was high, um, but also the blood pressure was high. Um, so what I did was to look at my diet, look at exercise and look at alcohol consumption. So basically lifestyle changes to try and mitigate that but i am also on medication um you know to treat both of those um, conditions as well okay well thank you first of all all of you for your honest uh, share and there's something already coming up for me here is that we're all given little warning signs or indications that we need to think more carefully and we're not you know we're not machines that can be suddenly repaired and fixed and then we can be put back on the production line when we have health implications, it does actually have consequences. Uh, so back to you, first of all, Rob, what was your recommendation when you had that diabetic diagnosis? What did the healthcare practitioner say to you as to what you could do by way of options? Um, not a lot, to be honest with you. Um, I was quite shocked um, at the response. Um, I think they were very confused by myself, whether I was, because they were trying to find out if it was type 1, type 2. Uh, basically, my weight was deemed okay, uh, you know, my age and everything. So that I was a bit of a mystery to them. Um, so the graduates went on through the process. It, it became clear that I was type 2. And then I was just given a, a book basically a book of do this, do that, exercise, look at your labels on your packaging 
and that's where the sort of lifestyle changes came on the food side. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much how they dealt with me, and then I was finally put onto medication. Okay, and what about yourself, Carol, uh, as well, in terms of the recommendations that you were given when you had your diabetic uh, diagnosis? And I know you're still on medication, but yes. what, what was the overall holistic view of this is what you should do, Carol? Lose some weight, um, and. Uh, that would be the first point. But they also gave us a mere book, but also sent me on a training day for the day on diabetes, uh, which the doctor's surgery provided. And it was like nine till four covering everything about the diabetes and the effects. And what were the overall recommendations as to what you should do to implement? Was it geared towards medication or was it geared towards lifestyle the when you walked away from the training course did, what did you think lifestyle okay that's I would say totally they were trying to get lifestyle exercise eating properly uh giving you foods you think are good for you and they're not like mm -hmm. yogurts for example there's a lot of sugar so it's education yeah and i do think that there is a great misnomer at the moment associated with food I was just looking at the Kellogg's new chocolate cornflakes cereal packet that is a allegedly high fiber, full of vitamins. The second biggest ingredient is sugar. And if you actually look at the portion size that they recommend, 30 grams of cornflakes, if I gave that to one of my sons to say, there's your breakfast, lad, they'd be looking at me going, are you joking? I can't survive off that small portion size. And yet just that small portion size is already 6.5% of our daily recommended sugar allowance. Yeah. And yet they profess it to be a good, healthy start to, to the morning, packed full of fiber and vitamins. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that there's a certain amount of society that is not having a choice because we're very much associated with messaging that we're thinking this is the right way to consume food. Stephen, what about yourself then? So I know you haven't had a diagnosis specifically about uh, your um, your changes, but what action have you taken facing into that warning bell in your head that said you might be a little bit dodgy in the future in terms of what's happening? What, what have you done? Um, quite a few things actually, Chris. Um, I obviously try to look at the diet, eat more sort of natural fruit and veg, um, uh, cut out a lot of white bread. So now I eat um, either wholemeal or sourdough, but less of it. Um, don't I don't have dairy very much. Um, I, I don't like milk anyway, so. Um, so I tend to drink black coffee, drink a lot of water through the day as well. Um, alcohol consumption, I've tried to cut that down, um, particularly through the week. Um, I'm trying now to, um, you know, not drink through the week. But if I have a drink out on a weekend, then that's fine. Or if I go out, obviously, that's fine. Um, I've never smoked, so I'm lucky in that respect. And exercise. Um, I take lots of, lots of exercise. We've got a dog, which is great. She's she's fantastic for, for both me and my wife. We, we get out and about. Um, 
yeah and and also uh, the other lifestyle change i made probably was my career um you know by coming out of the corporate world and into our own little um niche business which again enables me to work from home pick the hours of work and that takes a lot of the stress out as well okay we'll come back to you in a minute to talk about how all those changes have made you feel uh, but what about yourself carol i know you have succeeded in some fairly dramatic shifts in in your weight is that is that fair yeah, I've lost over two stone uh, going to Slimming World and uh, I love going. It's two hours for me from work. I finish work every Monday at 5.30 so I can go. I might work when I get back, but I finish then and it's just a bit of something for me for once a week mm. and very educational. Yeah. And what is it like being in a tribe of other people that are all around the same objective uh, i know it's called slimming world but but how does that make your accountability and decision making different when you're tempted uh, uh, with something that perhaps is a little bit naughty well everybody's very supportive you get weighed every week um i mean ev you know if you've if you've had a gain nobody's telling you off but they're suggesting ways to improve it uh, or do you want a motivation sheet to get back on track you write down what you what you eat if you want to make sure you do keep on track and it's full of ideas uh, and they also do a a private whatsapp group every day giving giving you know motivation but also recipes and things like that so it's just it's almost like a hobby now and can you just help us understand where you are now with your diabetes diagnosis are you still diabetic no. or, or or not no uh, they've put me on pre-diabetic wow but i'm going to carry on because i want to be out of the pre-label if you like out of that area so that i'm, I'm not even got pre so i enjoy it. it 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 is sometimes hard work but it's worth it because i don't want to potentially lose my eyesight so mm. that's the biggest motivation yeah and how did that make you feel when they said, yes, Carol, it looks as if you're now not diabetic, but you're now pre-diabetic. Can you tell us the kind of words that were coming up for you? Well, I felt very determined and very pleased. Um, and it sounds strange, but you do get certificates for each, each area of weight you lose. Every half stone, you get a certificate, which is on my fridge. So if I feel like, you know, you can eat everything in moderation. It's not, this is it now. You just have to account to yourself for it. Right. If I, I don't drink, but if I wanted to, you can have it, but just in moderation. Mm. So it made me feel more determined. And Rob, you, you talked about you as, you know, you're not the stereotypical kind of person that might get diabetic uh, diagnosis because you said you're quite young. You're also um, within a good weight range. When you got that book and you were kind of sent off, what did you then do individually to take responsibility for changing what was diagnosed? Um, so I drastically, well, not I say drastically, uh, to begin with, I drastically changed my uh, diet, um, just lots of salads, lots of fruit, because uh, I suffer from health anxiety. I, I sort of panicked a bit. Um, read the book i did eventually go on the same course 
um, and had the one-day course and learned a lot from that. Um, and I gradually started to introduce foods back um, and not being so drastic. And it is, it's about moderation. It's just about thinking what you're putting in. Little things that I learned, it's about um, like how the foods are released into your system. If it's a slow release, it's better. Um, obviously, something that's highly, you know, packaged food, saturated, it's going to go into your bloodstream a lot faster. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've sort of near enough got back to normal now. I mean, I'm, I've been in the pre-diabetic range now. I'm not on, on medication anymore. Um, but, yeah, it's just all, all about moderation and just thinking about your lifestyle choices for me. And did you sort of say to yourself when you had to take that medication, I am really committed and determined to make this something that I'm not going to be on for a long time? Yeah. Yeah. I was I was um, not wanting just to, you know, just be on this medication for the rest of my life. I want, uh, you know, it's not a way of life for me. You know, I want to enjoy things. Um, but by changing your mindset a little, little, little bit, you know, and having that thought process of what you're actually putting into your body, you know, that, that kind of worked for me. So. And for anybody that doesn't know Rob, I know him. He also has a very big fear of needles. Yes. <laughs> How much was the consequences of injections that would be associated with needles that you absolutely hate? How much did that also make you determined to move away from this diagnosis and really put some some care in? Yeah. Um, did you see I was scratching my house? <laughs> um, so actually, I've got a lot better with the, with the needles now um, due to this, which has been one blessing, you could have said, really. Um, it took me six months to go for a first one. Uh, I kept going to the door, stopping, coming back, hyperventilating, couldn't. Um, but yeah, so now I'm, I can just go, it's over and done with. I still don't like it but I know what to expect. Um, so if anything, it, it's, it's helped. All right. Uh, Steve, how are you going to stay on track? Everybody's talking about dry January, but you know, you've probably got mates that are going to say, come on, let's go out for a quick pint. And there's this peer pressure to maybe want you to give in to temptation, or you'll just say, Oh, I'll just have one because I've been good all week. What's driving your determination to make a good choice midweek and perhaps also on a weekend associated with alcohol, lifestyle and all the other changes you're making? Yeah, I, I, what I'm trying to do is to just to have some balance. I'm, I'm, I'm not sort of ruling it out completely, but um, instead of just having a glass of wine on a night at home um, when I'm sat watching TV and not doing anything particularly, I'm, I'm trying, you know, that, that's the, the side that I'm cutting out. But if I've got an event or a social event, then I'm not going to sort of deprive myself of that. But the next day, then I will um, make up for it with a good brisk walk and some exercise. And, and, and you know, it's, it's for me, I think it's about just keeping the balance right. Um, um, not, not sort of going completely cold turkey on anything, but just... I think, I think as Carol said, you know, anything in moderation, really, it's um, that's the key for me. It was interesting to hear you talk about the language and you use the word deprive, which, 
you know, I'm just going to pick up on. Uh, and it seems to be that alcohol is linked to celebration and also sweets. We associate that from childhood of let's have an ice cream as a treat. And this, you know, the language of how we consume things is so tied almost to our DNA as how we now exist as, uh, as a species. And the evidence from Whoop, which is a wearable technology band, I haven't got one on, but it literally monitors. And they've got so much data now. And the impact of just one or two units of alcohol on the heart rate variability the next day is massive. It, 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 it says immediately there's a 5% reduction in your effectiveness to cognitively work as a person just by these small, tiny impacts of alcohol. And I'm just interested in the word that you used there, which was deprive. Is there anything you want to respond to on that in terms of the way that that's hardwired into your head? Is the alcohol linked to enjoyment? Uh, I think it's I think it's more the, the social aspects for me. Um, you know, if I'm out with a group of mates, we do, we go out, we'll, we'll have a few beers and we'll maybe go watch, you know, watch the football or we'll go out with my wife for a, a meal and we'll we'll maybe have a bottle of wine. Um, you know, and it's, it's those things that I, I do enjoy. So I don't want to, I won't say the word deprive, but I don't want to not do those things. Mm -hmm. But equally, I'm conscious that by doing too much of that or too frequently, is not good for me either. So it's it, like I say, it's just about balance for me, I think. Okay. And if we were just listening to somebody talking and they were eavesdropping into this conversation and they're maybe skeptical or they're thinking, I can't do that. I haven't got determination. I haven't got the willpower. I can't. What would be your advice to them? about how you've managed to face into this and how you've actually managed to make some changes. Uh, Carol, first of all, what advice could you give to somebody that's just on the edge and just thinking, now I can't do what she's done? I think you've got to be determined. The alternative isn't, is too drastic to think about and just think of all the positives. Um, you know, you feel better. You've got some nice, you go buy some new clothes. Um, but I mean, that's uh, more important. You, you're going to give yourself a chance of living a good life without lots of difficulties. Mm. And life's hard enough with stress and everything else. Uh, and I think you get to a stage where you have to be a bit responsible for yourself, like you do with your car. Why not look after yourself and think, well, you know, you've got to do something. And, and it isn't it doesn't have to be hard. Because if you're flexible, the, certainly with who I've joined, it, they call it food optimising. So nothing is banned, but you have to just, you can't have two Mars bars and, and a bottle of wine, mm. but you could have maybe half a Mars bar and a small glass of wine. So you yeah. can still have treats. I think that's the thing. And I think as Rob alluded to there, you can still have the Mars bar, but it's mm. about enabling your system to line some foods up in advance so that the, the Mars bar doesn't hit the gut straight away yeah. and then become a sugar um, it, a sugar creator in the system. You can pack it full of some fiber or some greens or some, yeah. or some veg yeah. so that when you do have that sweet treat, 
There you go. I've used the word sweet treat. The mm -hmm. impact is uh, is minimized. Rob, what would you say for somebody that's a bit skeptical to say, oh, it's just a podcast and yeah, I don't really believe it. They're just trying to pedal their own metal here. What 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 would you say? Believe it. it it's it's real. Um, I'm I'm only thirty six. Um, as I say, the nurses, doctors, they were absolutely bamboozled by me. They automatically thought it was type one. I was given a needle bin. I was given, um, you know, potentially go be given insulin. And that put the fear of God into me because uh, obviously the needle phobia. Um, but yeah, it's real. It happens. Yeah, mm. And you think you're going to be all right. But if you just ignore it, you're only going to get worse. So it's mind over matter for me. Um, and just get on and do it. There are only little changes. Mm. You only have to tweak a little bit. You can still enjoy life. Just moderation. And and you get used to it it's a habit you once you get into that habit it's it's like you've always been doing it it's just sticking to it yeah it is about those tiny little changes it could be going out for a night out with your mates and it could be saying okay i'll go one beer and i'll go one lime and soda or rather than the champagne we'll have a bottle of nozeka you still get the impact of the pop and the fizz and the uh, the sort of celebration but the alcoholic content is not there. You still get the sugar, obviously, from something like Nozeco. I'm not saying it's a fantastic thing to consume, but we can make these tiny little choices. And then when we compound them all together, that compound effect creates huge momentum. What about you, Steve? Uh, the person that's in that uh, routine of going out with your mates and going out for a beer and there's a bit of peer group pressure there to say, come on, Steve, you know, have one for the lads. Well, what's that you got in your hand, lad? Uh, come on, wait, man up and give something a bit stiffer than that. What What would be your advice? Um, well, I, I, I think, Chris, like everybody else has said, it's moderation. I think that's the key. You know, it, it it's not to say that you, you're not going to have um, any of these things, you know, because, you know, we are, we are, I guess we are wired to, to want treats in life, um, whether that's sweet treats, uh, a cream cake or anything, you know, you know, it's not just about alcohol. Um, it's, it's about just getting the balance right, I think. Um, and just knowing, you know, where, where your limits are and, and, and also trying to, you know, just, just, be healthy, be healthy in, 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 in your day-to-day -day life. And, you know, you can, you know, I, I find that if I don't, if I don't drink now, you know, midweek or I don't have a drink, I sleep a lot better. Mm. Um, you know, the sleep patterns are definitely better. I know alcohol, they say, makes you go to sleep. And it certainly does me. It makes me go to sleep. But obviously I, the, the quality of that sleep is not as good. Um, so, yeah, it's about it's just about balance, I think. Um, but you can do it, um, and um, I feel so much better. I've lost weight, blood pressure's come down, cholesterol's down. That's you know, I'm in a good healthy range with with everything now. All the sort of key markers. So yeah, that's that's where I want to stay. And has anybody had a third party testimonial of any kind where they've said? Steve or Carol or Rob, you're looking you're looking a little bit 
fresh or better? Has anybody had anything like that happen? Carol, you're nodding, so I guess something. Yeah, I've had a few where say, oh, what have you done? You look different. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had that. So I've just told them really what I've done. Um, and no, but without fail, everybody's been encouraging, which you have, you know, no, you sometimes think people might be a bit negative, um, but not one been very encouraging. Yeah. I think that's the hardest thing sometimes when we start, mm. we don't see any progress. We don't feel any changes. And yet we've put ourselves through a different routine. Yes. And I say it's the, it's the hard work that we do in silence or mm. in the darkness that mm. matters. And when nobody's watching, we still carry on and do it. Yes. Because the world is now looking for the instant gratification. It looks like it's so easy to do. And we have body dysmorphia on Instagram and post make us all look like we should have six pack abs and we should have this sculptured figures. And when we don't see that result immediately as a result of our health changes, sometimes it can be a bit demoralizing. What about you, Rob? Anything happened to you in terms of somebody said anything or? Uh, yeah, I had, um, I mean, I didn't even lose that much weight, but because I changed my diet from basically junk food, living the student lifestyle, um, people knew, uh, noticed that, that I'd lost a little bit weight and, uh, and I was looking a bit healthier. And uh, I had comments asking if I'd lost weight and if, if everything was okay. And, you know, that, that was it really. So, What about yourself, Steve? Will you be joining me in the Barcelona half marathon uh, start line in a couple of weekends time? I'm not sure about that one, Chris, but um, yeah, I, um, I, I, I certainly, um, I can relate to what both Carol and Robert have said that um, a few people said to me, um before christmas you know oh wow you look to lost some weight you know so it's it's those kind of things that 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 give you the encouragement as well i guess you know that you know what you're doing is um is ultimately beneficial um and if if you know you can still enjoy your life but you don't have to be um you know you don't have to be at the extremes mm. Well, I think the best person that we can congratulate is ourselves and we can look in the mirror and get gratification from our own discipline, our own mindset to make a change. And yes, it's lovely to get the affirmations of other people. When we know deep down in our heart that we're doing something positive for ourselves, I think sometimes that's the thing that can, can compel us to carry on. I'm going to wrap it up. I just want to remind people of why we're bringing this to fruition, which is this chart, which I showed at the start, which is the prediction of where... The UK currently is with its trend on diabetic diagnosis, which is 5 million people. And diabetes is an indicator of other chronic health conditions that could come from that associated with dementia, Alzheimer's and others. So it's not something to take lightly. And again, I also want to say that this is not a health channel. If you are somebody that's got any symptoms associated with diabetes or others, please go and see your doctor. Don't ignore it. But when that advice comes back to you, be curious, do some due diligence and do everything you can to make yourself the best version of you. Anybody else got anything else that they wanted to share that I've not allowed you to express so far in our chat? I'd just say to, to anybody, listen to our stories and, and do it, get checked out. You know, like I say, I'm scared 
of needles. Um, you know, I've got health anxiety, but I did it because I knew something was wrong. And I'm thankful that I did. Mm. So just, just do it. Yeah. Is all Thank I'd you. say. I agree. Yeah, I agree because you could say, what's the alternative if you don't? Uh, I mean, I'm 65 and I think, well, I want to live to maybe 85. Um, and But you do have to take some responsibility for yourself. It's not everybody else's problem. It is yours if you and you have to help yourself. Well, I'm hoping for the Centurions Club, Carol. So you're, you're, you're I think you're... You're 10 years ahead of me. So I'm adding 95 to your target so that we can celebrate <laughs> together on a uh, on a Zoom call in well, whatever medium we'll be walking on or talking on in uh, in a few years' time. Steve, any closing words for yourself? No, just echo what the others have said, really. I think it, it's, you know, it's about um, longevity and, and you want to, you know, have a, a good, healthy, long life. And, and it's about... And for me, it's about movement as well. I think the key is, um, you know, I'm sat here now, sat in my office where I, I tend to be most of the day. Um, but it's about taking time out to get out, get out in the fresh air, get some exercise, get your get your heart rate up, get moving, um, rather than just be sedentary all the time. Um, and and you know, it's easy to to sit down. It's easy to sit and watch TV. I say it's easy to open a bottle of wine. It's easy to eat that bar of chocolate, um, but yeah, don't don't not have those from time to time. But it's about balance. But keep keep moving. Nicely wrapped up. All of our choices have consequences, and I can only describe it as a metaphor, like a pilot of a plane. If he sees that orange flashing light on his cockpit, alarming him to something that could be going wrong, or the co-pilot, she decides to ignore it. That could result in a massive crash of some sort. And really, a lot of us have got a lot of warning signals that go on. And sometimes we just think, oh, it won't happen to me, or I'm too scared of the outcome, and I'll just ignore it. The message from me today is be proactive, be responsible. And even when you do get some bad news, you can take responsibility and change it. And it links back to my overall message, which is, we have one life, so love life, live in life. Thank you, everybody. Hey, well, I hope you enjoyed that different concept today. Please feedback. And if you like this or if you just want to get more of this, please subscribe or why not share with a friend or just take some action today on some of the things that you heard. Enjoy the show again next time you join in. And remember, one life. Love life, living life.